0: Over the last 60 years, the University of Massachusetts Amherst's University Museum of Contemporary Art has amassed a collection of over 3,600 prints, drawings, photographs, and three-dimensional multiples. In comparison to other university museums in the five colleges area, like the Smith College Museum of Art and the Mount Holyoke College Art Museum, UMass has focused their collecting priorities on the last 70 years of art history. In the years since its inception, the four directors in the museum's history created a public collection of pieces representative of what they deemed to be the most significant movements of their times. In the lower level of the Fine Arts Center on campus, the museum has displayed the works of notable artists such as Radcliffe Bailey, Jenny Holzer, Robert Irwin, Kim Zuzsa, and Robert Rosenberg and in 2021, displayed the work of Nicole Eisenman and Alison Saar. In response to the 60-year anniversary of their collection, the UMCA launched their 60 Years of Collecting exhibition, which serves not only as a history of the pieces, but as a retrospective on the development of the museum and its collection. The exhibition consists of 115 works and features prints by Andy Warhol and Roy Lichtenstein, photographs by Robert Maplethorpe and Sharon Rupp, and three-dimensional works by Keith Haring and Kara Elizabeth Walker, amongst many others. The exhibition opened in September of 2022 and will be open until May 14, 2023. Earlier this week, I spoke to current museum director Loretta Yarlow to discuss the exhibition, its conception, and the history of the University Museum of Contemporary Art. Have a listen.
1: Okay, Uh, I am Loretta Yarlow, I'm director of the uh, UMCA, that's the acronym for the University Museum of Contemporary Art. Um, I will be uh, there for 18 years, Uh, I started in 2005, Uh, and at that time, uh, uh, it it was called the University Gallery, Um, and the University Gallery was formed in 1975 when the Fine Arts Center uh, building was built. And then in 2010, um, I got permission to change the name from the University Gallery, because there were so many galleries on campus, and there wasn't clarity that we are a museum, that we have a collection, that we train students, we're a teaching museum. So the the name was changed in 2010 to the University Museum of Contemporary Art. And we are, uh, as a museum, we're part of the Five College Museum Association, Um, it really it elevated us to a, a whole other level and a whole other understanding here on campus that we're, um, you know, we just don't have ro- we, we just don't uh, have a rotating uh, policy of just opening our doors and getting people in. We we do a lot more than that, as most museums do. Hmm.
0: So you have the 60 years of collecting exhibition going on right now, and I was wondering how did the museum go about selecting the pieces for the exhibition? Why were some pieces chosen while others were not?
1: Yeah, well, when I became director, I, I realized this, co- this collection has been hidden. Uh, it, it's been an untapped treasure for many years. And so I turned the curating of the collection over to students on an annual basis. I turned the collecting of the collection over to um, local artists in a series we do called um, Dialogue with the Collection, where artists show their work and they select work from the collection. But this was the first opportunity for me as a director to curate an exhibition uh, from our collection. I mean, I I do curate exhibitions on a temporary basis from um, international and national artists. But this was the first opportunity for me to express um, what I saw the need to take out of hiding this collection. Uh, So it is my point of view. um, And um, so, I I mean, I selected the pieces so that we could not really have... It it is an overview, but it's also... um, thematically curated i turned over the entire space which is one of the few times we've ever done that where we have what we call our main gallery the east west uh gallery um given over to our collection so there are 115 works in the collection um it was a great joy for me to i I, I love this collection i think it's it's a hidden treasure uh people like yourself you know in art history but in many other fields that umass now more more than ever get to see it and study it but um this is the first opportunity that I had to um, choose works that I feel need to be brought out of hiding to look at um, works, some that had never been seen before, uh, from the 1960s, <laughs> and also to bring out some works that were recently acquired just in the last, um, in the last year.
0: So walking through the exhibition, there's these subsections uh, like documentary photography and sculptural sections, and I was wondering uh, if the aim of the exhibition was to represent the entire range of the collection, or was it to, or was it to show the most notable pieces in the collection?
1: Yeah, well, boy, if we had more space, if we had more than <laughs> the space that we have, we uh, we really could have done an amazing. I mean, we done there's an amazing job there to to see this um, this overview. But I I really had the idea to to not just Go chronological, although part of it is chronological, like starting with pop art and then going into minimal conceptual art. Uh, you know, starting from the 60s into the 70s and 80s. But then I really saw that there were um, kind of like constellations of, um, of themes. I mean, I could have done uh, portrait photography. I could. I mean, there could have been so many uh, other, not, not just photography, but portraiture. So many other um, subheadings but um in looking at the exhibition space that we have and thinking uh, strategically as to what what could we show giving beautiful um spotlights to certain parts of the collection that that really um coalesce around uh, around themes uh, so that was really the gui- my guiding my guiding um principle here to think about uh thematics and um and metaphors, even you know the the, the center section, um, more contemplative art, uh, restorative, whatever you want to call it, uh, uh, and then um, even thinking about the fact that we do have three dimensional multiple editions. Not many people knew that, but these uh, it's essentially works on paper collection. But well, there you go. We've got we've got sculpture um, that. Form in, that fit into the category of editions uh, as works you know similar to the um, photography and the, the prints so I just thought a lot about how how do you how do you curate an exhibition that um, is not just um, you know a, a show and tell it's not just a uh, survey it's not chronological uh, how to have some pivotal moments that um that just tantalize people into thinking more broadly about what uh w- ways to look at contemporary art
0: hmm. and so to achieve that, I was wondering i guess how long was the process uh of assembling mm-hmm. this exhibition and what mm-hmm. people worked on it and I guess how many people
1: yeah well, I guess uh maybe it, it was a two year uh we sh- suddenly realized wow even though the museum was started in 1975 the collection really started in 1962 and so uh thinking about how it hadn't even been known that this collection um was started by the art department uh we we just uh i I started looking at the the entire collection uh i guess it was a two-year something like that uh and my entire staff was involved um uh thinking about how, how we'd lay it out, sketching it out uh, on, a, on paper, as well as on, on a, um, a program called SketchUp on the computer. Um, so framing, uh, a long process in framing, getting the funding to frame uh, all these works. Many, many already existed in frames, but quite a few hadn't. Um, so we're a staff of five, so that would be um, Jenny Lind, our collection manager, uh, building pedestals and stands while Dennett, our installation manager, um, for the three dimensional works and some of the, um, the artist books, he had, a, had to um, measure and decide where the pedestals go and paint and construct and all that. Uh, then the text panels, I, I wrote the text and then uh, working with our communications uh, person to um, you know where do we put the text and then where do we, uh, where do we ha- hang them? um how do we show a couple of videos um and then we 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 may have noticed that we actually brought our education curator has done an extraordinary job in bringing in uh, faculty and she worked with the journalism department to get some of the students to um we chose uh six artists that they could interview and so those are um uh we have what what, what they call like we have the qr code on the wall so uh, we had to spend some time with the students to give the, get artists permission. Um, so a lot went into this exhibition. I, I would compare it to any museum exhibition anywhere. Uh, MoMA, the Met, this is what you do. You spend, oh, They probably spend five years ahead of time. But with our small, dedicated staff, we really had to um, think about the education program. What does it look like? How do you present it? How do you do publicity, uh, how do you do a brochure. Um, yeah, it, it took a lot out of us, and for that reason, uh, we're keeping it on for a full academic year. It just was such an involved project, and it continues to really um, speak to people, so um, rather than just having it on for one semester, it's on for the full, yeah, this full academic year.
0: Hmm. And since the, uh, the exhibition's about collecting, I was wondering if you could just sort of Describe to our viewers how the museum goes about acquiring a piece, uh, and Mm. which kinds of acquisitions the museum has made recently.
1: Oh boy! Well, it's all about raising money or twisting arms of donors or (laughs) twisting arms of artists. Um, Over the years, I mean, you, you, you—I think you mentioned. um, I think you, in one of your messages to me, you you did notice that the uh, the labels do give. we tip the hat to our donors over the years. You know, we've, we've been so lucky to have had uh, patrons, donors, foundations, artists who've given work. So a lot of the work is gifted to the collection. But we have an acquisitions committee, so uh, we just can't have people emptying out their attics and saying, here, we want to give you a gift. We, we do have uh, faculty, um, our museum staff, and people in, in um, development who look at the offers we judge, well, does it fit in? How does it fit in? Does it fill in a gap? Uh, we're essentially it works on paper collection, you know, prints, drawings, photographs from um, mid 20th century to today. Um, and if we do raise the money ourselves, where do we, what do we buy? Um, how do, and we're, one goal that I've made is to, uh, for diversifying the collection, having more work by uh, by artists of color, more work by women. There have been some uh, real absentees in our collection, filling in the gaps, raising the money, twisting the arms of these people who we do where we do see work that we want donated. Um, and what I've made really uh, important to me is to have works from our ex- our temper exhibitions need to be. There needs to be some kind of legacy, you know. If you if you look on our website and you want to see, oh, well, what do you know? Jenny Holzer had an exhibition way back, and what do you know? Um, uh, Martin Puryear had an exhibition. What do you know? You only have to you have to go and search on our website, uh, and you see their exhibitions are documented. But there's nothing. I shouldn't say nothing, but we I wanted more recognition of what these artists have done and, wh- and how we've helped them in their careers and have a work in the collection so people in the future can say oh there's a martin perere in the collection or there's a jenny halter or there's a ronnie horn that artist had an exhibition at the museum well wasn't that a landmark wasn't that amazing um so i'm trying now to um find money or donations so that we could fill in those gaps, um, so that people will know uh, this amazing Iranian artist, Shereza Houshiari, had a show in 1993. Wow. I mean, where, how do you know? There's nothing in the collection, so we, ne- we need to raise the money now. Uh, a local artist, uh, Proshetta Mukherjee Olsen, had a show. Um, we're, we're raising the money to acquire, acquire a couple of her drawings.
0: Uh, I wonder personally how does it feel to see uh, the work of the committee under your guidance being shown alongside the work of past directors.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, I'm I'm thrilled that the past directors, uh, in fact, two of them are coming back next week. <laughs> the, um, it, it's a way I, I think that it's a nice way to show to give these past directors recognition that um, there's always been the. I think there's always been. How do I phrase it? Um, each each of us um, have collected what we consider to be the most meaningful art of our time, and it's like a time capsule of our um, of our of our eras and our tenures. Um, Helene Posner uh, collected art when she was director in the 80s, and so there are key works from the 80s in the collection. So I uh, I see that as you know, my, my uh, way of extending that, um, that expansion is by having a capsule version of uh, the, the 21st century. Uh, and, and sure, it's, it's what I see being important, but it's also looking to my, um, to my committee to saying, um, how about this artist? How do we go about including? How do we go about finding a work that we can afford? And how do we, how do we make sure that this cutting-edge artist today is, uh, is represented
0: and so, I guess, what are your favorite pieces that are on display right now? <laughs>
1: uh, I, I saw this one of your questions. Oh my gosh! I I took a few notes here because I, oh, there's so many standouts, and some that maybe didn't even, uh, you know, they're kind of hidden away even in this exhibition. Um, so, one work that I recently acquired with my committee is Talba Auerbach. Um, she is a sculptor. Uh, she does. She did this astonishing. Art object. It's an oversized pop-up book. Um, it's part sculpture. It's part bookwork. It's paper. Um, it's really an advancement in the uh, in the field of pop-up, I guess, pop-up technology. Um, so in the exhibition, we have six die-cut paper sculptures. Um, and they unfold in wonderful, elaborate forms. I mean, she, she's she's a genius. She's a scientist. She's an artist. She's uh, and and I got permission from her to show a video of the of each book being opened. Um, so that hers is a standout. Um, it, that's in our um, multiple section. Um, Radcliffe Bailey. I'm just uh, a small little collage, mixed media, uh, African American artist from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, the way he uses. Um, the layering of his collage, paint, and cutout. Um, and he, like the layering of his imagery is, goes back to his ancestry, his race, uh, the migration. You know, the, um, it's like a watery, like the waters of the, the Middle Passage. That's a small little collage, beautiful color work on paper in the, um, in the section that I call um, Art and Politics. And then there's this hidden little treasure. I didn't even know we had a photograph by Robert Adams. I mean, he is a photographer, 20th century photographer. Um, it's called White House. It's a gorgeous little photograph in the photography. Um, I, I guess he, uh, I don't have a date in front of me. I think it, it was done in the 80s. The, it's small, but the, you know, black and white, the velvety blacks, the chalky white, um, it was an era when artists came to terms with the built environment and found beauty and hope in the built environment. Maybe that doesn't exist so much any longer, but it's a little gem. Um, and I came to that, I added that kind of late, I would I had already kind of put the exhibition together on paper, I showed it to my staff, and then I said, oh my gosh, we have a Robert Adams? And so he just had a solo exhibition at the National Gallery in Washington. and. Um, was front page news in the Times. He he had been, I mean, I wouldn't call him overlooked, but um, how many students today even know what darkroom photography is? You know, I once mentioned to a student that the artist produced, they printed their own photographs and they did them in a the dark room. They said, What? What's a dark room? <laughs> so, Robert Adams, this little gem, uh, this little White House. So, if anyone, if any of your listeners want to go back, I want to look at my favorites. So, uh, those, there are so many others. I mean, really, hmm. I'm just. I'm just thrilled with this collection. It's, and I should mention that there's no other um, museum in the area that focuses on, um, you know, late 20th, early 21st century prints, drawings, and photographs. So the, the other museums certainly have great objects in their collection, but ours, this is our focus. And, uh, yeah, it's it's a hidden treasure, really. Um, and it's a it's a public collection. It, you own it. I own it. Anyone in the Commonwealth owns this public collection—it's not private—and
0: so, so I guess, uh, what work do you do with uh, community groups, and I guess within UMass itself, uh, to bring people into the museum?
1: Well, I have a great education curator. So when I started uh, work at the museum at, at UMass, we we had no one on staff who uh, totally was totally involved in bringing in uh, the local community and and faculty, and so. Um, the first person I hired was Ava Fierce. She stayed at the museum for about 10 years, made great uh, avenues, uh, created new, new inroads with bringing people in, making a program. And now Amanda Herman, as our education curator, works with all the departments, all the disciplines, the sciences. You know, we have nursing students coming in, um, we have uh, people from theater, all the humanities, all the, all the sciences. So it's really um, through class visits, um, but we're trying more and more to just, we're hidden away. I mean, really, we're, you know, we're, I never say basement, we're the lower level of the Fine Arts Center. We're hidden away. How do we get people to just fall in? Um, we're, we, we had a dance party last, um, uh, when was that, in the fall? It was fabulous. We, we did it inside, outside. So trying to do a little bit more with, with music uh, and dance, and, but making sure it connects to the art. For example, if we have an, an exhibition, well, like the exhibition we have on now, we bring in local artists to do uh, talks and walk walkthrough. Um, we have something called Dialogue with the Collection, where local artists can curate um, and they show their work at the museum. Uh, we're having the Art Salon do a presentation. Uh, so more and more, um, yeah, we, we, we have a commitment to the local community, uh, and senior groups we bring in for tours. We have, um, we used to call them docents, we have student they're called our student educators, they give tours. We stay open Thursday nights once a month, so make, doing the best we can with a small staff, small budget, but um, with great students like yourself and faculty to help you know broadcast what we do, uh, which, which I think we do on a par with so many other museums.
0: For WMUA News, I'm Owen Embry.